Thanks for tuning to Digital Voices Podcast, where we chat digital transformation, challenges and opportunities across healthcare and life sciences. And now, your host, Ed Marks. Great to have you back on Digital Voices. This will be the first drop where we talk about digital voices, but from a supply chain perspective. And so Digital Voices is all about health and life sciences. And a key to success in health and life sciences is actually supply chain. One of the ways I first learned about supply chain was actually as an army officer. And one of the things that I was taught was that it's not the best fighters that win wars. It's actually the armies that have the best supply chain. So when I was being trained as a young army uh, combat officer, it was about beans and bullets. You had to make sure that your troops were fed and that they had the tools that they needed. And it all comes down to supply chain. And I think sometimes we minimize the value of supply chain and how important it is. And that's why I am so, so excited. We get to have our first guest, as I mentioned, and, and it's Jeffrey Heenan Jalil. And he is with GPO Health, and he's an amazing person. I've known him for a while now, and we've got a lot of cross-connects throughout our career. And Jeffrey, you started out with WePro and Cognizant, and you were heading up like healthcare for, for, for them globally. I mean, that's, those are some pretty massive uh, responsibilities. Yeah, they were. You know, <laughs> as I always say, for a little boy from New Zealand to actually come in and look after a billion-dollar uh, P&L, it's, you know, quite something. Um, quite proud about it. Absolutely. Yeah, as you should be. And before we jump in, because everyone wants to hear your story and then how you got into supply chain specifically and just the innovation that you've brought to supply chain is your favorite music. So like when you have downtime or chill time, uh, what do you like to listen to? You know, uh, Ed, I love everything. I would have been to perhaps over maybe 200 outdoor concerts in my lifetime, uh, seeing everything from uh, Bruce Springsteen to Kiss to um, ACDC to a lot of Australian rock and roll bands, you know, just recently to Coldplay. So anything mainstream, anything out of the uh, ordinary, love small venues, you know, love small venues where you have an intimate approach I think one of my best ones that I've ever been to was going to Black Eyed Peas and it was like only 200 people and it was just them and you with Fergie uh, uh, and Black Eyed Peas just drinking away and having a great time. What an experience. Uh, so jealous already when you said 200 outdoor concerts and then you hit some of my favorite bands like Coldplay. But, you know, interesting, I also saw Kiss not too long ago and it was the first time ever. I mean, I grew up, you know, knowing about Kiss and listening to some of their records. And but I'd never been to a concert. And they're probably like in their 70s now. And they had so much energy. And they put on like a three-hour show. It was like just a massive show. And, it, and, it was, and then they actually talked about it. It was really their work ethic. Yeah. So That's what's amazing. It was, that actually, you talk about Kiss and you drag that up. It was my very, very first outdoor concert when I was about 12. And I always remember when, uh, you know, he did the old fire throwing, you know, he was one of the first, you know, uh, theater guys. Yeah. Ace Freely. Ace Freely and Paul Stanley and Chris something who did Beth, which was, you know, just a classic song. But anyways, uh, 
what about your life message? You know, our listeners are always interested in our guests and, you know, what are some of the, or the thing like your life message or mantra? Yeah. Um, it's something that I've always, uh, you know, worked on because I think uh, your mantra changes as you go through life experiences. So if there's one thing that I think about right now, it's um, this movie called About Time. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it's one of those amazing sort of uh, rom-com movies that makes you think a little bit about uh, life in general. But the general uh, gist of that is um, basically don't ever uh, dismiss any encounter that you have or any interaction. Mm -hmm. And so treat every encounter uh, with enthusiasm um, and passion, right? Because you don't know how you're going to influence the other individual on the other end. And I don't know how many times I've actually gone in whether or not it's the person in the checkout at the supermarket or, you know, whether or not it's a person that I go meet at a, a client meeting, uh, but they come up and say, you know, Jeff, wow, what a great meeting. I just love the energy. I love the vibe. And, you know, you make that individual feel good. And, you know, it's one of those simple things of uh, going into a supermarket and saying, hey, hey, and looking at their nameplate and just saying, hey, John, how are you doing? Yeah. And thinking, why are you calling me John? Oh, my name is John, right? My, you know, my today mantra is very much make every encounter, uh, you know, really count. Yeah, no, I love that. That's great. I'm going to look up that movie. I don't think I've uh, seen it. And uh, my wife's always down for a rom-com. So uh, I'm going to definitely look that up. Yeah. So we've already got to know you pretty well here in a couple of minutes, but tell us your story. Like, how did you become the person that you are? You can touch on personal and professional. And, you know, that led to you leading these massive organizations and then striking out on your own. So tell us the whole story. Yeah, well, it's very interesting, right? Um, I was always, you know, brought up in New Zealand and I had a great opportunity to, you know, travel the world. I was uh, sitting in one of my accounting degrees uh, discussions and I thought to myself, what am I doing sitting in a, in a classroom? So effectively, I uh, broke off from that and uh, went traveling around the world for about four years, hitchhiking all around the U.S., Canada, Asia, um, and uh, Europe. And, you know, those life experiences were just absolutely uh, incredible. Um, You talked about leading, um, you know, uh, Wipro and uh, Cognizant, but the reality is, you know, my career started long back. And uh, I used to work for Southern Cross Healthcare, which was a uh, private medical uh, health insurance. And I started at the very bottom. I was in the uh, call center. I was answering call claims. Um, and, you know, I was really engaged with the client, you know, from a career perspective. And, you know, got a great opportunity to eventually lead all of the sales, uh, national sales for uh, Southern Cross Healthcare in New Zealand. So my first foray into uh, healthcare was uh, a small health plan uh, in New Zealand, around about uh, a million members. And then, um, uh, you know, someone was said to me, you know, Jeff, uh, over a course of a couple of other sales engagements, Jeff, why don't you come and work for me? And uh, the person that asked the question was a gentleman from Unisys, and I always remember him, Peter Gamboni. And he said, you know, Jeff, um, my wife said, you've got to hire this guy because we went out and we went out for dinner. And so he knocked on my door and he worked for Unisys and he said, Jeff, you know, I want you to come and uh, work for me and be the head of procurement, head of purchasing. And I said, uh, Peter, uh, you know, I'm in sales. I have no idea. And he just said, Jeff, 
you buy things, right? And I said, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, wow. lo and behold, I got a career uh, shift for going from Southern Cross Healthcare, American Express, led into uh, Unisys as their head of purchasing and quickly rose up through the ranks there as the um, head of Asia Pacific uh, for procurements, um, which was also logistics, warehouse uh, and supply. So when you talk about where did I actually, uh, where was I born from? I did everything from warehousing, um, distribution, logistics, and for Unisys, um, did that across Asia Pacific. And then um, electronic data systems came and uh, headhunted me. So uh, they wanted me to actually transform uh, their purchasing function. So back in the days in the uh, late 90s, it was a situation of saying, hey, Jeff, what are you going to do? Um, how are you going to try and reinvent it? Typically, back in the late 90s, purchasing was a place that you would go and retire. Um, yeah. you, know, you were you know, in an admin position and people would say, hey, Jeff, uh, you know, why don't you come in and settle down and you know, do some uh, purchasing? So effectively, what we did is we transformed purchasing to a point where uh, we were one of the first outsourced uh, procurement functions uh, back in New Zealand. And I don't know if you remember Ariba, um, but uh, in the days of all e-commerce, Ariba, uh, Commerce One, Blue Martini, all of those yep. uh, organizations, um, we did the first R1 of Ariba in the Asia Pacific region. So... All through that our whole phase of reinventing purchasing and supply chain uh, was really, let's say, dear to my heart, you know, with regard to trying to uh, make a big difference there. So that was, let's say, uh, the start of uh, moving from healthcare to uh, IT to purchasing. Uh, and then, you know, lo and behold, I got a great opportunity to work for Lucent Technologies, uh, moved over to the UK, looked after the uh, 3G uh, business rollout uh, globally, and then um, managed to uh, get uh, EDS. They came and knocked on my door and said, you know, Jeff, we want you to actually come and work for us again. Um, and then took a business role. And the business role was really leading telecommunications and energy and healthcare uh, for EDS in the UK. So there effectively took uh, me, you know, into the heady heights of uh, managing business units. Wow, that no, that's fascinating and amazing, and I imagine uh, that global perspective also enabled you to get to a lot of those outdoor concerts as well. <laughs> yeah, it did, it did around the world. No, that's cool. So you've got this great career working for these major companies. You're still a really young person, uh, so you decided to launch your own company to really sort of disrupt. I'm thinking disrupt and innovate supply chain as we know it today. How, how did that come about? What was the thinking behind that? And how, what are you doing and how long have you been doing it? Yeah, it was, um, let's say, a, a lot of uh, coincidence, you know, Ed. Unfortunately, my brother died of cancer uh, two, uh, about two and a half years ago. And um, I've always wanted to actually, you know, give something back uh, into healthcare. And um, then also I got talking to a lot of other chief executives um, that were just talking about, Let's say the inequity uh, with regards to profitability against, uh, let's say, health organizations versus IT service companies. Now, having been um, on the sell side and delivery side of IT organizations, where I knew the operating margins at a gross level, obviously at an earnings before interest um, and tax level, 
I knew exactly uh, how we made our uh, operating margins. And then on the flip side, you know, in health plans, you know, they were averaging, you know, 3% net profit. And I always remember I was with um, Joe Lastinger from uh, Health Plan Alliance, and I was uh, presenting at one of their um, conferences. And the guest speaker before me uh, was from Boston Consulting Group. And they were effectively uh, released a paper demonstrating that uh, the profitability of these um, IT service companies was being at the expense of these um, health plans. So, you know, um, what made me uh, trigger this and saying, well, hey, how about I combine my expertise in supply chain, my knowledge of healthcare, my understanding of the IT services industry, and how can I really make a difference that's going to, let's say, improve patient care and save lives through what I do? So, you know, we uh, dreamt up of, um, let's say, GPO Health, um, you know, it was about 15, 16 months ago now. Um, we've gone great guns from here. Uh, but uh, the reality around uh, coming up with uh, GPO Health was a couple of things. Uh, first thing was GPO uh, in the healthcare industry. Many people know that group purchasing organizations are there to, let's say, maximize the leverage buying power of its members. And then you know, utilizing, let's say, my IT experience because, you know, in Wipro, I was very fortunate to actually run all their new technology, which included cloud, mobility, um, you know, analytics. And then also, I got to also run all of the analytics uh, for Wipro just as a sole uh, service line. So I thought combine group purchasing organization, leverage buying with technology, put that against a legacy business process and see what sort of improvements that I could actually offer, uh, let's say, the community, the IT community. And then in turn, hopefully, let's say, free up uh, a lot of cash for, you know, these um, organizations that are investing a lot of money into IT services so that they can either reinvest that money back in so that they can um, impact, um, you know, their IT environment so that they can affect uh, patient lives. So, yeah, a bit of a, you know, well-rounded sort of um, approach to, you know, where and what, but I um, was quite excited about trying to combine, you know, my knowledge of the industry and knowledge of healthcare and obviously my business experience. Yeah, because healthcare is so complex, as you know, and challenging. It It's difficult to do, you know, what, many term digital transformation and what we talk a lot about on this podcast in terms of, you know, digital transformation, digital voices across all of health and life sciences. And when you have that sort of background, though, that you're talking about where you've had the ability to work in depth in these different areas, it gives you a different view. And so you you sort of know where the opportunities are, where the challenges are, the culture of healthcare, and then how to go in and make a difference. Because Jeff, I don't want to put words in your mouth, so I'll be interested to see if you agree or disagree, but it seems to me that supply chain is one of those areas, at least in healthcare, that hasn't evolved terribly fast, uh, much like the rest of healthcare, uh, but hasn't evolved terribly fast. Is that an accurate statement, or has there been more transformation going on than I don't know about? Yeah, so, you know, I don't want to uh, pass, uh, you know, judgment on the supply chain of the healthcare sector because, 
you know, if I, you know, really look at it, uh, my experience is really in uh, IT. And what I do see is that um, supply chain has made great use of uh, supply chain IT technology to actually further their business. You know, you've got big supply chains that are being completely automated, be it in pharmaceutical, be it, uh, let's say, in the PBM space uh, and the logistics, because, you know, trying to get vaccines and prescriptions and medicine and just in time uh, and lower the cost uh, is an immense, uh, you know, opportunity. And I think a lot of investments being made there. But what I was really tackling, which is really simple, everyone said to me, Jeff, you cannot uh, digitalize IT services in healthcare or digitalize IT services. It's too complex. That's what they said. You know, everyone buys different. Everyone writes a statement to work different. Uh, everyone categorizes uh, information differently. Everyone, um, you know, tries to sell uh, that IT service a little bit different um, and represent that through to the client. So imagine all that information that you've got, which is in an unstructured format, you know, all these wonderful presentations that uh, I used to give when I was leading uh, Wipro and Cognizant and EDS, and, you know, we'd spend hours trying to actually come up with um, the right way of structuring resources so that we could deliver, let's say, an SAP implementation or a, a you know, a facets implementation or, you know, any uh, IT uh, service or digitalization. And you would know, right, Ed, being an ex-CIO, uh, you would actually request for information. You would effectively you know, go out to, let's say, 10 suppliers. They'd come up with 10 different ways of how you should actually, let's say, do a digital front end. You'd hire, let's say, a big external outsourcing company, and they would charge you 2 or $3 million to run that process. They would eventually come down to three suppliers, and, you know, the likes of ISG or TPI back in those days would run a yellow pad process to normalize every word that you said so that they can compare apples with apples so that then they could go back to the client and say, hey, I've got three wonderful suppliers. They all meet your requirements. They're all contractually, factually right. And now you can compare like for like for like. But it took you about eight months to 18 months to get to that point, right? Uh, and then everyone says, Jeff, you can't uh, digitalize that. And I say, well, Ed, um, I think many people haven't made use of uh, big data, uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning to get to that point where I can say, yeah, we can. We can do that now. Yeah, that, that is uh, very different. And that's what I meant earlier, you know, in terms of some of the innovation that GPO Health that you have uh, brought forward. Because, yeah, I think a lot of health systems uh, provider, health life sciences, kind of stuck in the old ways in terms of, oh, yeah, we're going to do this process, procurement process. It's going to take so many months, so many hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to go through a selection and, and all that. It takes a long time, takes a lot of money. But but you've come up with a way to actually digitize all of this and really streamline that whole decision-making process. Absolutely. And, and you know, the most interesting, uh, interesting thing about this, Ed, is 
you know, being a, um, let's say, a startup, but I, you know, go beyond that. We are no longer a startup. You know, we've got clients, uh, you know, we've got partners, we've got suppliers, uh, we've got, um, you know, great advisors. Um, you know, the big thing for me at this stage, I would say innovation um, that we have brought has been qualified across so many different channels. So, for example, I would take the solution to a, a big four. I would take the solution to renowned procurement sourcing companies. I would take it yeah. to my peers and uh, the IT services community. I would take it to the clients and say, this is what we're doing. This is how we're doing it. This is the data that we can extract from all of your invoices, your purchase orders, your statement to works. And, um, you know, this level of detail, have you ever seen that before? And I actually have one uh, person, 30 years of experience, a data scientist, works for a very, very reputable uh, analyst company and said, no, Jeff, I've dreamt of this, right? Mm. I have dreamt of this. And, you yeah. know, we've got amazing quotes from people that are coming up and saying, Jeff, we have never been able to get to this level of detail. You have now turned the static process into a continuous flow of information. You have truly digitalized, let's say, the uh, sourcing process and the approach that you're taking is completely fresh and it's disruptive. Yeah. yeah, and that's, that's what I knew about you all. And that's why I wanted you to be on our podcast because, again, you know, it's all about digital transformation, digital voices. What are we doing in these different areas to really sort of accelerate the future, accelerate change? And for all the reasons that you highlighted earlier, you know, and I'm very sorry about the, the death of your brother. And uh, but you use that to sort of motivate you and, you know, to try to really help healthcare organizations become much more efficient and effective in, in taking care of patients and helping save lives. Um, so it's very inspirational. Jeff, I'm, I'm, we have time for one last question. I just want to leave it open to you. You know, we covered a tremendous amount of ground. I could talk for another hour, I think, easily on this topic and all the very uh, cool things that you're all uh, digitizing and, and, and transforming. Uh, is there something we left out or, or any last thing that you might want to share with our audience? Yeah, you know, um, one of the, you know, like every uh, organization, there's going to be pushback with regards to your idea. But there's one thing that I always point back to um, when we talk about uh, digitalization and when we talk about supply chain and, you know, people say, oh, you can't do that. Um, one of the key uh, barriers um, that people consider is, um, you know, Jeff, how easy is it to actually get that information? And, uh, you know, how much time is it going to take for me to actually get my invoices and my purchase orders in one place and, you know, give it to you so that you can, um, you know, provide us with these wonderful insights? So I go back to Drucker and, you know, what he always says, right? And he says, you know, you can't measure what you can and you can't manage, right? Mm, um, yeah. And obviously many other, you know, sayings go that, you know, you know, you can't manage what you can't see, right? Yeah. So the only thing that I would really leave, you know, Ed, is for all of the CEOs, they get it. For all of the CFOs, they get it. For procurement people, they get it because guess what? Uh, you know, they're gold to actually achieve savings on behalf of their company. They're personally attached to it. The CIOs sometimes might find this a little bit uh, challenging because um, all of a sudden, we're asking them to provide, you know, transparency to a lot of the data. 
for them to actually manage their business. And a lot of that isn't there, right? Mm. So my key message is don't be afraid. Uh, It's a tool to actually enable people to get that control and uh, visibility, transparency to help the business move it along. And, you know, if you can't see it, then guess what? The problem statement's right there. And the savings that we can achieve on average between 15 and 22% of your uh, spend, that's significant considering that most organizations spend, what, 3% on IT on average? Yeah. And let's say 50% of that or a third of that is on IT services. That's quite significant yeah. savings. Yeah. No, it's truly uh, disruptive. I love new ideas and new ways of doing things and and taking, you know, some of the looking at how things have been done traditionally and then applying, you know, just good science, uh, good analytics, good leadership, logic, and then really disrupting and transforming. So very, very insightful. I really appreciate you, Jeff, being part of our podcast. I, I know our audience have really enjoyed this as well. And thank you for all that you're doing in healthcare to help, you know, bring about change. Thank you very much, Ed. Really, um, you know, thankful for the opportunity. Thank you. Hi, this is John Lynn from the Healthcare IT Today podcast. If you like the latest rumors, insights, and happenings in healthcare IT, you'll enjoy hearing my colleague Colin Hung and myself debate and share the latest happenings from the world of healthcare IT. Find the latest episodes or dig into our archive at healthcareittoday.com or search for Healthcare IT Today on your favorite podcast application or YouTube. When it comes to healthcare technology, we love this stuff. And we can't wait to have you join in on the discussion of everything health IT. Thank you for listening to Digital Voices Podcast with Ed Marks. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe on your preferred streaming service and leave a rating and review. And most importantly, thanks again for listening.